This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. A look at how to live by your core values. Actually, I wonder why I've left this one so long because really it is the centerpiece of confidence building. When you learn what your core values are and how to live by them, you really do create a lifestyle that absolutely continues to build your confidence. It also helps to undo most of the conditioning and damage that you've been subjected to your entire life, particularly the damage that's done to you by the harmful belief that you need to impress other people to be a good person. We're going to have a look at how to impress yourself. We're going to have a look at what being yourself actually means in terms of practical action that you take. Your whole life, you're told to just be yourself, and yet most of the time when you give an attempt to it, when you try to be yourself, you get punished for doing so, and so the message becomes really mixed and confusing. You knew what it meant to just be yourself when you were two or three years old. You now no longer have a clue what that means. It seems like an outdated cliche now, right? So today we're going to have a look at living by your values as a way to describe how to just be yourself. I've got to stop doing those quotation things. Terrible. Okay, so welcome back, everybody, and really, uh, really excited to have you with us for this particular one. When I personally discovered valued living or living by values, it was like this foreign concept that at once seemed so unfamiliar and yet totally made sense immediately. It suddenly made sense to live by a core set of ethical codes of honorable intentions where no matter what happened, no matter how it played out, I'd be proud of myself and my behavior at the end of each day. I originally picked up this idea when I was working in corrections. We had a look at what was called valued living. It was a rudimentary form of what I understand values to be now. Uh, And it was designed to work with criminal offenders to help them figure out a different way to act uh, by the values that they thought they were living by. So a great example was when I was working with gang members, their concept of loyalty as a value means doing anything for the gang. And what we'd often do is exercises that had a look at what it would it mean to be loyal to yourself or what it mean to be loyal to your family and start to break down the idea that there was only one way to live by the value of loyalty and that wearing a patch and doing what you're told all the time might not be the only way or the best way. So we're going to have a look at what it means to live by your values today. And one of the clear things I want to say right from the start is that this will be unique to you. There is nobody else you can go to for information on what it means to live by your values. I can give you some guidance to figure out what your values are and some guidance to figure out what you can do to live by them. But I can't tell you what to do. Only you can tell yourself. So one of the key things I really want to have a look at, actually, I'm going to bring up an old article of mine here just real quick. There's an article I wrote about the difference between values, virtues, goals, and outcomes. And I really want to bring this one up because I think most people want to live by their values, even if they don't use those words. They want to live for the right reason. I'm doing it again. The right reasons. 
but they've lost track of what the right reason actually is. They're so conditioned and programmed by parents, movies, uh, other societal influences, friends and peers, work colleagues, rules and expectations. So many people are absolutely dominated by these things, and they have no idea what their actual values are. They don't actually know why they do what they do. They don't seem to understand the difference between being guilty because you haven't pleased others versus being guilty because you've let yourself down. And today I want to help you figure that out for yourself and give you some tools so that you can go out there and experiment with valued living and start to feel the inner reward that can only come from living by what you believe to be true, not what someone else told you was true, not what somebody else conditioned you into thinking was true, but what you deep down knew from the very first day you were born. So before we go having a look at values, I want to have a look at what values are not. And I just want to quickly go through this to make sure that we understand that the difference between living by your values and trying to be approved of by society. Those are two different things. Virtues. The first the first word I want to look into is virtues. Virtues are something that are really strongly promoted in many organizations, um, organized religion, anything that's based on guidelines and rules, your workplace, uh, even the law, criminal justice law is all based on virtues. And what I mean by that is somebody has decided what it means to live by values, and they've applied that to everybody. So, for example, if we say look at the law, you know, you must not steal a car, that's telling everyone that the virtue of honesty is lived by not taking somebody else's possession, right? Seems really straightforward. However, if you had somebody who was bleeding to death and you needed to rush them to a hospital, wouldn't it be okay to steal a car in that situation? Yet if you were to follow the law to the letter, you wouldn't do that. So the value of honesty can become confused by law. Value of honesty says that you must do the right thing. But the law says that cannot include ever taking a car that doesn't belong to you. So this is what we're going to start to do is we're going to start to have a look at what it means to live by your values and let go of everybody else's rules and do what you know to be right and to know what that actually means to be yourself. Um, we have a similar thing with, with organized religion. You'll see many of the big religions, especially Christianity, um, Islam, Judaism, they, they have the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like these Ten Virtues. It means you, if you live by these, you are virtuous. You know, and almost, almost all of them have a concept of thou shall not steal. You know, thou shall not take somebody else's property, covet somebody else's property. Again, if you're in a situation where to do so would save a life, if you were to follow those things to the letter, you would not be able to save that life. So what we can see is that virtues give you the set behavior that you must live by, these rules, and yet values requires you to sometimes break such rules. So we're going to have a look at letting go of other people's definitions of what it means to live by your values and figure out your own definitions on a day-by-day -day basis. Some of them are really obvious. You might think, well, of course, 
course I'd steal a car to rush someone to hospital. There's no big conflict for me there. So, okay, but would you steal food to feed a starving child? Would you consider wasting someone's time by being in a relationship with them and you're not being honest? Stealing. Because I do. You've got to start questioning other people's ideas of what it means to live by your values. And one way to do this is to label them as virtues. Whenever somebody else dictates how you should behave, ask yourself, is this a value or a virtue? Odds are, if they've described that this one behavior must continue no matter what the context is, no matter what's going on, you must live by this one behavior, regardless, then we're talking about a virtue. So one of the first things we see by living by values is that it depends on the situation. Values are contextual. You cannot have a list of rules to follow, virtues, in order to live by your values. You have to make decisions in the moment to live by your values. Now, this is why a lot of us cling to virtue-based decision-making. You know, we cling to our Ten Commandments or our laws or our company policy or our rules because it's easier. We don't have to think. We don't have to take responsibility for our behavior. We don't have to make difficult decisions. We don't have to take risks or experiment. We just follow the rules like fucking robots. It's appealing. I know it is. It's very appealing to live that way. Values doesn't know what the right thing to do is until you're in the situation. Whether or not it's right to steal a car is undecided until you're in a situation where you're forced to decide whether or not to steal a car. When you're living by your values, you must let go of the idea that you're going to be able to write down a list of the of ways to behave and be able to follow that forever. To live by your values, to be yourself, will mean reacting to every situation as it occurs and giving yourself the responsibility of decision-making. It might seem clear already, but you can see now how this is a huge factor in confidence building. If you're doing what you're told versus you're doing what you tell yourself to do, Think of the difference in terms of self-worth. Yeah, Think of the difference in terms of being responsible versus being a victim. Being powerful and in charge of your life versus being a controlled sheep. This is what it means to live by your values. It means to be in that responsible, powerful position, which has all the risk. You can't blame anybody for your decision-making when you're responsible. When you do something, you go, wow, that was an absolute mistake. I fucked that up. You can't say, well, at least I was following the commandments. You have to say, no, I made a decision based on my values, and I've learned from that decision. I've learned a bit more about my values now. So virtues are like laws. They're, they're rules on behavior that somebody else made up and told you was the right way to live. For you to live by your values, you're going to have to break some of those rules sometimes. There's often... Those rules are based on, you know, virtuous behavior is based on a, a general agreement as to what valued behavior looks like most of the time. So they're not completely unhelpful, but they will cripple you in a situation where it's absolutely required to break those rules. And you don't actually fucking need them. Only victims need them. A responsible person will make their own decisions. They'll trust themselves to get through it, to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. 
to fail and then succeed. That's what living by values is all about. So one of the things you can do straight away is you can have a look at what you believe you can and can't do. You can write lists. To make it easier, you can choose a situation. In a social, you know, at a social party, I can do this and I can't do that. You'll see the rules that come up. And you'll be able to identify which ones are virtues. Like if it says, I must be polite. You know, I must not offend people. That's definitely virtues. For a start, virtues are often vague. Thou shall not do this thing. You're like, well, what does it mean to do that thing? What does it mean to not do that thing? And it becomes really unclear, which gives people a lot of anxiety and a lot of overthinking when it comes to decision making. Values is always so clear. There's some tiny exceptions, but most time values go, what does it mean to be honest right now? And the answer just goes, boom, straight into your mind. You know, but what does it mean to be unoffensive right now? Who knows? I don't know what that person's thinking. I don't know what that person's beliefs are. I don't know who will be offended by this and who will be offended by that. It becomes really, really anxiety-provoking. Values helps actually clarify decision-making, get down to a clear point. I'm just going to do the right thing. And fuck whatever happens. Like, I'll just let it happen. Virtues goes, well, what is the right thing depending on all these people around and who's watching and what will I think about it later and what will that person think about it and what if those people find out? It's too much. It's too much. How are you supposed to make decisions like that? You'll know from your own experience that it's too difficult. What happens when you want to be polite and be honest, but the two things come into conflict with each other? What if someone gives you a gift that you really don't like and didn't want and you feel it's actually kind of offensive to you to receive such a gift, like it's a patronizing gift, but you've got this virtue of be polite? So you have to say thank you. You have to actually condone this behavior from this person, encourage them to do it again? Or would you be honest and say, hey, actually, you know, you're giving me this gift. You know, I appreciate the effort, but the gift itself, man, I, I find it kind of offensive. Do you think they're going to do it again if you're honest like that? Of course not. Well, maybe, but it depends who you're dealing with. So virtues are rules that tell you how you should live by your values. And one of the key things you've got to look at, whether it's law, whether it's religious principles, whether it's the policy of the company, what you'll see is this key theme. It's about getting the approval of other people, isn't it? These, these laws and rules and everything are never about you just being by yourself and doing something that won't affect anyone else. They don't care what you do when it's kind of by yourself. It's really about anything that might get disapproval from others being outlawed. Yeah, Values will actually quite often generate disapproval from certain people. People who don't share your values. Virtues, on the other hand, are designed to get as much approval as possible. And so I want you to really start looking at that. And one of the key things that comes out when living by your values is there are going to be some people who hate you for what you do. There are going to be some people who really are offended by your behavior when you live by your values. So living by your values isn't about gaining other people's approval. It's actually about letting that go completely so that you can approve of yourself, so that you can get one of the most powerful sensations in the world, which I call integrity. Well, I don't call it that, but <laughs> I didn't make the word up. But that's what I call that feeling of absolute righteousness where 
you haven't done something to please others. You've done something to impress yourself. And you feel impressed. You've watched yourself behave and go, God, I can't believe I just did that. It's fantastic. And nobody else wants it. Nobody else cares about it. Nobody else approves of it. And you still feel great. That's what values is all about. So I want you to let go of virtues. Goals. Goals often describe behavior, and yet the intention behind the goals for so many people is not based on values. It's based on acquiring things. Values is about the process of living. Values is about what you do, not what you get. Values understands that what you get is completely out of your control. You can behave in a way that might manipulate a situation into you getting what you want, but there's still going to be this factor of doubt. You can be the most convincing salesperson in the world, and there's still going to be someone who won't buy from you. You can be the most attractive person in the world, and there'll still be somebody who doesn't love you. You can be the most whatever, and there'll still be these exceptions. No matter what, you will never completely control results, and no amount of smart goal setting is going to change that. Goals, however, can be very helpful when it comes to living by your values. If you start with a value intention, if you start with, I'm going to write some goals to help me be more honest. I'm going to write some goals to help me be more courageous. I'm going to write some goals to help me be more assertive. Then those goals will help you. But often goals are written with the, I'm going to write some goals to get more money. I'm going to write some goals to get more healthy. I'm going to write some goals to get more people to like me. You know, We might not be thinking those exact thoughts, but that's where the goals come from. We're pursuing an outcome, a result of some kind, rather than pursuing a way of living that satisfies us. You're going to get and lose things in terms of the way you perceive possession your entire life. Sometimes you'll get people, sometimes you'll lose people. Sometimes you'll get money, sometimes you'll lose money. Sometimes you'll get attractiveness, sometimes you'll lose attractiveness. You never really actually had any of these things. You don't possess them. They can be taken away at any time. Even your life isn't yours to possess. It can be taken away at any given time. So there's no point really on focusing on something that you're so tentatively gripping, something that can be so easily stripped from you. Values, on the other hand, are untouchable. No one can take away your honesty. All you have to do is be honest. No one can take away your courage. All you have to do is go and do something that scares you. No one can take that stuff away. Those those values, they're there. They're innate. They're your core programming, and nobody can touch them. People can influence you into dis- to choosing not to live by your values, but still you making that decision. Nobody makes that decision for you. You could tie me to a chair and and lock me into a into a prison cell and I can still choose to live by my values in that situation. My values require no specific result. They only require an effort. So when it comes to living by your values, one of the confusing things about goals is when they require a result to be so called achieved. But when your goals are written where the achievement comes from the way you live, the achievement comes from trying from effort rather than from so-called success or failure, then you're more likely to be on track with your values. 
When your confidence is attached to results that come through goals, then your confidence can be taken away. When your confidence is only attached to your values, then nobody can take it away but you. And you can always get it back again simply by choosing to live live by your values once more. So we kind of covered the gist of what isn't living by your values, and I just wanted to set the scene with that because that's where it gets really confusing. There's one third sort of aspect to this, which is slightly different from virtues, and that's rules. Now, virtues are often what's dictated by other people. They told you how to live. Rules come from a much more mysterious place. They're rules that you've given yourself, and you might not actually remember where they came from. For example, you might have a really specific rule like, I can't talk to a stranger on the bus. Now, nobody's actually come up to you and said you must not talk to a stranger on the bus, but you've come to that conclusion somehow. And often when you look at these kinds of rules, you'll see there's really not strong evidence or any evidence at all to support them. How many times have you actually spoken to someone on the bus and had it gone so, like, terribly that you perceive it to be a genuine risk to your safety and it shouldn't be done? Odds are zero. Zero times. Odds are you haven't even tried. But there'll be something that you saw or misunderstood at some point that led you to believe that this is now a rule. We make rules all the time. The brain constantly makes scripts for situations to determine how we should and shouldn't live. It's it's a lazy kind of uh, process by the brain, which is just constantly categorizing everything to try and make life simpler. Now, sometimes it's really helpful. The rules around what you should eat for breakfast, for example... They're not particularly harmful rules. They allow you to make really quick decisions and so you can get on with the rest of your day, the more important stuff. But most of your rules probably hold you back. They probably make sure that you miss out on opportunities and they probably do not serve your confidence very well. There's this kind of, what would you call an inverse scale between safety and freedom. The more freedom you have, the less safety you have. The more safety you have, the less freedom you have. And rules are all about safety. Rules are all about trying to make sense of a situation so that you feel secure in that situation. You'll notice the difference when you go into a situation that's unfamiliar to you. You have no frame or context. There's no rules about how you should or shouldn't behave. You often feel unsafe. You feel that anxiety. Like I remember the first time I went on to a Māori marae, which is kind of like a village or a meeting place. And there's a lot of protocol for for entering the marae. There's, you know, there's cultural considerations. There's a process you're supposed to follow. But the first time I went, nobody had explained that process to me. Now, I knew it was there, and I also knew that I didn't know what it was. And I was really anxious in that situation because I knew that I was going to break some rules without meaning to and I was going to offend people and so on. That's what was going through my mind. And so the lack of rules really felt like I had too much freedom of choice. And get the same thing if I go to, (laughs) that's how old I am, if I go to the DVD store, I don't think they even exist anymore. If I'm choosing not to pirate a video for once, and, and I go to actually purchase one or rent one, I'll be there for hours trying to choose because the options are too vast. 
you know, if I go there, I have to find a comedy movie. It, it takes me much less time. There's a rule that helps. So sometimes rules are helpful, but so often, especially in social situations, all they do is limit you with no real measurable benefits. So one of the key things, I want you to have a look at the area of your life that you believe is suffering the most, career, health, social life. And I want you to write down as many rules that you follow that you can think of. You can keep a notebook with you or a phone app of some kind and notice the rules as they come up during the day. You might uh, be waiting in line at the, the coffee, you know, whatever, cafe, and then when you get to the person, you're like, hi, how's it going? And you put on a big fake smile. And I go, oh, there's a rule. I have to smile when I meet someone. That's a rule that I follow. You know, what are, what are those patterns of behavior that you almost unconsciously engage in? And you, you feel like you have to, and yet you, at the same time, you don't know why you do them. Having a look at those is really going to help you understand where you're losing track of your values. Um, and this is going to be a huge insight creator for you in terms of where you're off track with your confidence. A huge factor in building confidence is breaking rules. I'd put it in my top five confidence building tips to list all your rules and then go and deliberately break them repeatedly. So go test them like a scientist would test something new. Go and put them to the test with a huge sample size and with really reliable, accurate measurement tools. So you think, okay, my rule is I can't talk to strangers walking down the street. Okay, then. Go and talk to at least 100, at least 100, before you decide that that rule is a effective and accurate rule. Yeah, You think um, it's not okay to be honest on a first date about how I feel sexually. Do that 100 times. Go out there and break your rule 100 times. Figure out what the rule is first and then break it. So that you can see that there's a difference between following rules and living by your values. There are times where your rules and your values align. That's probably where a lot of rules originally came from, is that you felt like you were living by your values at a certain point and you isolated that piece of behavior and applied it to your whole life like a copy and paste. But so often rules breach your values. When your rule says, I can't talk to that person, you're probably breaching the value of courage or connection. You know, When the rule says, I, I can't ask for a promotion until I'm ready for it, you're breaching the value of courage again. You're breaching the value of determination, of aspiration, of growth. So many values get breached when you follow rules. And again, even when the rules are self-imposed, you'll find that these rules only apply when you're in the company of other people. Therefore, they must be about seeking approval. You notice what rules you don't follow when you're home alone. For example, you might wear makeup or do your hair nice or wear cool clothes when you leave the house. But when you're home alone, you just dress like shit and don't do anything with your hair or your face or whatever. That shows you that when you only do something when you leave the house, then you're doing it for other people. So those are the kind of rules that I want you guys to have a look at because those rules are standing in between you and supreme self-confidence. Those restrictions mean lack of freedom. So when you have rules, just accept that you are sacrificing freedom to have the safety that those rules bring you. And most of the time, you're sacrificing your values to live by those rules, you're sacrificing your integrity. 
So what are values? What are they? What does it mean to be yourself? How do we know what the right thing to do is? We may never as humans come to a full agreement or understanding as the answers to these questions, but I'm going to share my views and hopefully it will help you start your path to figuring it out for yourself. I believe I know what it means to live by my values now. That doesn't mean I know what it is for you, but hopefully I can give you some tools and techniques today to help you figure it out for yourself. So what are values? In my view, values are the core beliefs around what it means to be a person of quality. And I don't mean a person of quality by other people's standards, but by your own. It's the core beliefs around what someone would need to do, and most importantly, the intention behind their behavior that would make them a good person in your book. So when I look at what it means to live by my values, I'm really focused on the intention. What was I trying to do? Not what actually happened, because that part's that's beyond my level of influence. The focus of control is within. I try to do things for the right reason. Now, what happens when I actually do those things? That is a, is a point of control that's outside of me. I have to just let that happen. Also understand that when I look closely at what I can control, what I appear to control consciously, I know there's a lot of debate around free will and consciousness, but let's say the things that I can actually control, I can see it's very little. People like to think that they control their thoughts and their moods, but they don't. They absolutely do not. It's a complete fiction. When you look at a thought and you ask, where did it come from? You can't answer that question. You don't know where it came from. You'll have a story about where it came from, but where did that story come from? Where's the originating source of all of these ideas? We don't know. They just pop into our conscious awareness. So we don't control our thoughts. Therefore, what thoughts we have, have pretty much nothing to do with our values. Now, I make this key point because I want to point out a, uh, there's an analogy or a hypothetical situation I use to help people figure out what living by your values means. There's these two guys. We've got guy A and guy B. Now, guy A is walking down the street and he's feeling like a caring, compassionate person. He's having caring and compassionate thoughts and caring and compassionate emotions. He's like, God, I am one compassionate motherfucker. I am the compassionate guy. In fact, he's on his way to help a friend with a task. That's how compassionate he is. He is all about compassion. And as he's walking along, there's a guy in front of him who collapses. This guy has a heart attack or something, falls on the ground. And Mr. Guy A, Mr. Compassionate, looks at this and goes, Oh, that poor guy. God, I'm so compassionate. Steps over the man's body and continues walking on with his day to complete his task. That's guy A. Guy B is walking along and he thinks of himself as a selfish, narcissistic loser. His thoughts say, God, you're just such a cold-hearted bastard. You're so hostile. All you think about is yourself, you selfish bastard. There's no compassionate feelings coming out of it all. If anything, there's a lot of self-hatred. There's the opposite of compassion happening inside him emotionally and mentally. I'm so, um, so uncompassionate. I'm just, just an uncaring person. No wonder nobody likes me. No one, I don't even like myself. God. 
Same thing happens. The guy in front of him collapses and has a heart attack. This time, Guy B, while still thinking of himself as a selfish bastard, kneels down next to the guy, puts him into the recovery position, and calls medical services. Now, when you hear those two examples, essentially Guy A is somebody who thinks and feels compassion and kept walking when somebody collapsed, and Guy B is someone who does not think or does not feel at all compassionate and yet stopped to care for someone when they were harmed. Which one was living by the value of compassion? I want you to take your time to answer that question. It sort of seems immediately obvious. The thing is, there are people who answered the opposite to you because it seems immediately obvious. Which one of those people was living by the value of compassion? In my view, it's guy number B. Number B. Guy B. Despite what he was thinking and feeling, he behaved in a way that he would later be able to record as compassionate behavior. No matter how he felt, no matter what he was thinking, if he was to observe the same behavior in somebody else, he would say that is compassionate behavior. His value of compassion of what it means to be compassionate would be defined as helping someone who clearly needs help when they need it. And that's what he did. Guy A might not even notice that he over, like he stepped over the body of the heart attack person because he was in this self-delusional world of living by his values without actually doing it. There are a lot of people like this. There are a lot of people who congratulate themselves on their intentions without following through. And they actually feel like they live by them. Think how many people promise to go to the gym, how many people promise to quit smoking, how many people promised to start their own business, on and on and on. They, they make this kind of statement about how they're going to live by their values. And they don't follow through with it and yet seem to have no guilt about that. They've got a lot of excuses if you challenge them. But they don't go, damn, you know, I promised to live by my values and I really let myself down. They go, well, I wanted to, but X, Y, and Z. These people are not living by their values. They're lying to themselves about it and believing their own lies. It's actually a full-on psychological concept, a process that happens to many people, is the promise feels so rewarding that it's like you actually did it. Living by values, the reward comes after the behavior, not before. Feeling good about yourself does not come before you do the right thing. It comes after. And this is a key element when it comes to value-based decision-making. Quite often, in order to live by your values, you're going to have to choose to feel something unpleasant. When it comes to living by the value of honesty, you're not going to feel bold and honest. You're going to feel like you're going to shit yourself most of the time. Being truly honest means being vulnerable. It means opening yourself up to judgment. It means emotionally uncomfortable. Living by values, if it feels good to do it, you have to quickly check in. Now, sometimes living by your values feels good simultaneously. A lot of the time, it will only feel good after. When you look at who you are as a person and go, fuck, I am a good person. That was some good behavior. Nobody else seemed to approve of it, but that was the right thing to do. I know it was. That's the real reward in valued living. And quite often, you know, you will actually get the reward as you do the act. But the, the, the initial movement into taking the action often is quite uncomfortable. 
when you stop to help the person who's collapsed, there's this bit of fear of embarrassment that happens as you kneel down because you think, oh, God, what if I'm wrong? What if people see me and this guy's just having a sleep or something or I'm falling for a prank? There's this kind of thing that happens and you're really scared and then you start caring for them and you're like, oh, now I'm doing the right thing. You just get into action, you're focused, you're engaged in life, which is the whole point of living by values. So one of the key things I'm trying to point out here when it comes to living by your values is that it doesn't really matter what you think or what you feel because those things are actually out of your control consciously. Your emotions will prompt thoughts, your thoughts will prompt emotions, and all of these things blast out of a subconscious place in your brain. There's really fuck all you can do about it. You can manipulate yourself. You can learn to suppress and try to control yourself. It doesn't last very long. It doesn't work very well in the long term. It usually means trying to live a lie. Like, I am this calm person. You force yourself to be calm all the time. Instead of just going, fuck it, I'm a human being and living by the value of acceptance. So, there's no rules on how to live by your values. Just because stopping today to help the guy who was collapsing meant to live by compassion today, that might not be the same thing tomorrow. Living by compassion tomorrow might mean staying home and taking care of your cat. You know, there, there's no way to list a rule as to how you're going to live by your values. You have to wait for the day to occur, for the situation to take place before you can decide what living by your values is. And you're not going to feel right. You're not going to feel what you need to feel. I did it again. To live by your values. You're just going to have to do it anyway, and you'll get that feeling afterwards as a reward. Quite often people won't do the things that are right for them because they're waiting to feel right. They won't go to the gym because they're not feeling motivated. You know, they won't be honest because they're not feeling brave enough. Or they don't feel like it's the right time. Values, you're not going to feel what you need to feel half the time. You're just going to have to do it. And what you'll come to realize is you don't need that feeling. I don't need to be motivated to go to the gym. I don't need to be motivated to make my legs walk to the car, to sit in the car, to turn the key on, to drive backwards, to drive forwards up the driveway, and continue doing so until I'm at the gym. Then to get out of the car, walk into the gym, and take my bag into the room. I don't need a single ounce of motivation to do any of that. I think I do, because I've been conditioned to believe that. But actually, all of those actions simply require a decision to keep moving forward, feeling whatever I'm feeling. In fact, the very feeling of motivation, if you try to find it, you'll see it doesn't really exist. It's just a belief. Feel pumped. What is that? It's just energy. You can actually still do the same thing with very little energy. And usually, once you get started doing the right thing, that feeling you're looking for comes. I might not feel brave enough to go and meet new people. But I can still force my legs to walk over to those people. I can open my mouth and I can say hi. I do that 10 times in a row and suddenly that bravery feeling overcomes me. After 10 times, I feel bulletproof. And now I can do it with anyone. There's no hesitation. I earn the feeling through my behavior. So those rewarding feelings you want to have, those confident feelings you want to have, you don't get those for free. You have to earn them. And values gives you a template, a construct, a blueprint as to how to earn those feelings. And the thing is, when you do value-based behavior, those feelings last. When you do acquisition-based behavior, when you do something to get an artificial version of that feeling, it doesn't last. So if I 
I can either live by the value of honesty to feel good about myself, or I can manipulate people into sleeping with me to feel good about myself. Those are two two methods. Now, method one, I might not sleep with anyone for long periods of time. I'm going around being honest with people. I might not find a good fit for quite some time. Method two, I might get laid really quickly. But method one, every day I look at myself and go, God, I was an honest motherfucker. I was so shameless today. Like I was just myself. Everything that's true about me came out. I feel a lot of acceptance about myself. Massive confidence comes out and it lasts weeks, months. You get this momentum going where you just feel rewarded all the time and you don't worry and have all the self-doubt and regret all the time because you're just like, fuck, I'm being the guy I'm supposed to be. The second person, I might get laid really quickly, but within a few hours, I'm like, I need it again. Like, I feel good about myself, but now it's been like two days since I got laid. Like, maybe I'm not quite as cool as I thought I was. I've got to go chase it again and again and again. You can see this with millionaires chasing money. No matter how many millions they get, they chase more millions. And for, for people like you and I, you might be thinking, millions, fuck, why wouldn't you be happy with that? And we think we would be. But once you start chasing those outcomes, you have to keep chasing them because your self-worth is attached to them. You never get them. You never keep them. You have a million dollars in your bank account. It never really feels like it's yours because it's outside you. It could be taken away. So you have to, oh, I better get another million in there just to be sure, you know. When you're living by your values, being honest, you know it's in you. You can throw it out any time you want. Nobody can take it away from you. So let's have a look at value-based decision-making. Let's have a look at what does it mean to live by your values. How do you make decisions that lead you to live by your values and experience that internal reward? One of the key signals, one that so many of us, especially men, have been taught to not listen to, are your emotions. Your emotions are very helpful when it comes to choosing your values and how to live by them. I have come to the belief that actually not only are all emotions equally helpful and therefore equally important, but they're designed to help your decision-making. That we've been taught that emotions are irrational, we're supposed to suppress them to make decisions. Despite the fact that neuroscience has clearly shown us that decision-making takes place in the emotional part of the brain, the limbic system. Why would we need to stop emotions when it's that part of the brain that makes decisions in the first place? Doesn't that tell us something? Emotions aren't necessarily the things making the decisions. They're like the dashboard lights on your car. They tell you what's going on. And if you listen to them, you can make powerful decisions. So I want you to write a list of all the emotions you can think of. You can actually look up lists. There's a lot of debate in the psychological world as to how many emotions there actually are. But there are a few key ones. And I want you to particularly have a look at the ones that you try to suppress. Now, for most people, these will be things like anxiety, depression, anger, sadness, frustration, confusion. Those kind of emotions people often try to push down and see them as harmful to decision-making. I want you to write a list of all the emotions you experience, and I know that's all of them because we all experience all of them, so why we shame them is beyond me. And have a look at what could they be telling you in terms of living by your values. I'll give you some examples to make this a little easier. Anxiety. 
anxiety tells me two things. It tells me what's important to me, and it tells me that I need to engage in the value of courage. The thing is, without anxiety or fear, whatever you want to call it, I can't be courageous. Like, how can it be courage if I'm not afraid? That's just doing stuff. So some people would think, oh, like a virtuous thing would be saving a child from a burning building. Say, oh, that's such a courageous thing to do. You see a firefighter doing it. Oh, he's so courageous. Well, actually, kind of no, he's not. If he's being trained and he feels no genuine fear going into that situation, if he's focused and in control and feels safe in his own abilities, then that's not courage. He's just doing his job. Now, if that same fireman was then to go talk to a stranger, but it made him shit himself, that would be courage. So courage has nothing to do with what other people do. It's whether or not you experience the emotional feelings you relate to anxiety and fear. So anxiety says it's time for courage. It says this is important and you need to move into it and you're going to have to earn this one. You're going to have to go through the feeling of anxiety to this one. You want to go talk on stage? Fine. You've got to go through the feeling of anxiety to talk on stage. You want to go meet that stranger? You've got to go through the feeling. So the, the emotion of anxiety and fear tells us to live by courage. Anger. Anger often indicates a need for passion. Anger is power. It's energy. Without it, dictators would rule the world because nobody would have the power to try and overthrow them. Without anger, you're going to get walked all over. Without anger, people are going to dominate you. So anger tells you it's time for passion. also tells you it's time for assertiveness. It tells you that something's crossed your boundaries. And if you don't do something about this now, you're going to build up to rage, which is like toxic anger. So anger is there to give you the power you need to override fear. Anger is there to give you something that tells you, uh, give you something to, to push through a fearful situation to do the right thing. We often associate anger with violence and harm, but that actually comes from people not using anger properly, suppressing it and having it build up and explode. So when the guy beats up his wife because she burnt the dinner, it's not because she burned the dinner. It's because he hasn't been dealing with anger properly all week, his whole life. And he explodes at something that doesn't even have anything to do with his values. He'd been standing up for himself assertively throughout his whole life. He'd never feel the need to use violence. He'd never feel threatened. Sadness. Without sadness, we can't have gratitude. And we can't have compassion. Think about how you feel when you watch a widow at a funeral speaking of the love for her husband. Think of that compassion, that empathy, and that gratitude that you feel in those moments. Would you be able to feel that way if you were excited or happy? No. Sadness is there for gratitude. So sadness tells you it's time to check in and be grateful about something. It's time to have compassion for someone else or for yourself, quite often for yourself. Sadness is there to tell you to live by those values. And frustration Frustration is just another form of anger. Frustration is there to say, hey, there's something that's getting in your way. Remove that something. Deal with that something. Or it's saying, hey, there's something about yourself that you're not dealing with. So frustration can often be a trigger for self-awareness. Frustration can be like, okay, I've been doing too much and I've lost track of what's actually going on here. I need to stop and reflect. Frustration, stress tells you that you want to be somewhere other than here. You're not living by the value of presence. Confusion. It's time to make a decision. It's time to learn something new. 
All of these emotional states are there to help you. So I want you to write a list of how they could be helping you, what values they might be telling you to live by. And to finish this off, I want to give you some really practical questions. I want you to choose the values, three to five values that you need to live by more often, the ones that you don't see yourself living by, and that's why your confidence is lower than it should be. So this is often through looking at the values that you admire in other people. Do you admire people who are honest? Do you admire people with empathy? Do you admire people with courage or assertiveness? Do you admire people who are going for what they want? Do you admire people who are passionate? Do you admire people who are calm and relaxed? Who do you admire? And ask yourself, what values are they living by that I'm not? My values. Which of my values are they living by? And it just highlights that I'm not living by them. Choose your top three to five. And then I want you every day to, to choose a value to practice. This is kind of like a training wheels tool until eventually you can make value-based decisions as needed all the time. Let's say your, your top value is courage. You want to see yourself be more courageous. What you can do is go, okay, Monday is going to be courage day. I don't know what's going to happen Monday, but it's going to be courage day. Tuesday is going to be honesty, honesty day. Uh, Wednesday is going to be compassion, particularly self-compassion day and so on. And then you can set yourself a prompt to ask you a question. And what I recommend is what's called a reality check, a little exercise I made up. Simply you get a, a smartphone of some kind, and you get like an alarm or reminder type app, and you get it to ask you a question every couple of hours. And the question could be something like, what would it mean to live by the value of say honesty, right now. So what would it mean to live by the value of X right now? So you can have this question prompt you throughout the day. What would it mean to live by the value of courage right now? And it will come up in different contexts and different situations, so you'll be forced to start making that value-based decision in real-life moments. So you might wake up, and you're a bit tired, and it goes, what would it mean to live by the value of courage right now? And like, well feeling about anxious about going to work, so just getting up and getting ready for work. Okay, and up you get. Then you're at work, you're in a team meeting, and the alarm goes off again. What would it mean to live by the value of courage right now? You'd be like, hi, hey, I just realized I've been holding back my opinion because I'm scared of what people will think. So if I give my opinion right now, that would be courageous. And so then you give your opinion. And on and on and on until you just keep impressing yourself with your own behavior. You can also come up with a question that generally asks you to live by your values by creating a kind of fictional value-based identity. But the simply, the question I used to ask myself was, what would a confident guy do right now? So I had this kind of idea of the kind of guy I wanted to be. He was a fictional guy. He represented living by my values. And I just asked myself, what would he do? What would the future me do? That kind of thing. So... Quite often, whenever I ask that question, it's, same, it's so clear. It would be a range of different things come up for me. But in each situation, there'd just be this one thing. Like I remember once being in a shopping mall and the reminder went off. What would I mean to be confident right now? And I looked up and there was these, these four girls. I was in a some sort of clothing place. These four girls like laughing and talking. And as soon as I looked at them, my brain said, well, he would go talk to them. Now, I shit myself, and I didn't actually follow through on that action. 
but it taught me what it meant to live by my values in that particular moment. And what can happen is when you don't follow through, as you get to learn about your values, you can say, okay, I didn't do it. At least I know what it would mean to have done it. At least I know what living by my values means in that situation now. And you learn a little bit more about your values and you start to get these guidelines, not rules, but guidelines, kind of templates, kind of ideas as to what it might be in certain situations. And the third thing is you can actually, like I mentioned before, that future self, understand that the reward for values often comes after the event. It's kind of like a looking backwards type reward. So what you can do is you say, what do I need to do right now to be proud of myself tomorrow? Because there's, being proud of yourself right now is often what you did to please others and you successfully pleased them. So if you say something in a meeting and everyone's like, oh, good idea, you feel proud of yourself. But the next day you're like, oh, I wish I'd just been more honest. I wish I'd said that thing that I was really wanting to say. The guilt comes later with values. Whereas approval seeking, the guilt comes right away. If someone disapproves of you, you feel guilty instantly. But you haven't had time to process your values yet, so it's not real guilt. It's this kind of socially conditioned guilt. So what you can do is you can ask yourself, for me to be proud of myself tomorrow or five years' time, what do I need to do now? And that can help you answer the values-based questions. The last point I want to make is around measurement. For you to know that you're living by your values and to feel rewarded and build your confidence for doing it, you need to be measuring that it's happening. Because your brain doesn't do this properly as an automatic process. Your brain automatically records things going wrong, it automatically records risk, and it really skews your perception of what's been happening. So if you think back over your life, you always think it's a lot worse than it actually was. Most of the time, nothing bad happened to you at all. But you think of these bad things that happened and you feel like a victim. So I recommend journaling where you accurately try to measure whether or not you live by your values. This will also double as a way to help you not care what other people think. The more you're assessing and measuring yourself based on your own values, the less other people's opinions matter. And over time, they won't matter at all because they'll just sound like irrelevant pieces of bullshit. And someone's like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You're like, actually, mate, I've been working on the value of honesty for a long time. And I absolutely should be doing this, son. Don't you worry about that. I don't, thanks for your opinion, but I didn't actually ask. I've got this. You know, that will start to happen over time. It definitely happens for me. I'm really at a point right now, I'm not exaggerating. Well, I just don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of the way I do things. Because I've got this. I'm measuring it carefully. I do fuck up. Don't get me wrong. I make lots of mistakes. But I'm tracking that and I'm doing stuff about it. I don't need anyone else to deal with that. Sometimes I want feedback on certain skills and techniques. But that's got nothing to do with my values. Nobody can tell me what it means to live by my values. Nobody but me. And I need to be the one telling myself that. And the same applies for you, I think. So have a look at all of that. Look, there's a lot on my website, theinspirationallifestyle.com, about how to live by your values. We're launching the new brojo.video uh, program next week so most people actually watching this video would have already been launched and you're thoroughly enjoying yourself there now um, but there's plenty especially in the 3x course around how to figure out what your values are so if you still struggling on just figuring out what your actual values are and those questions that we talked about aren't helping then you can go back and do that basic foundational work um, and it'll talk you through the, th the three questions that help you figure out what your values are but what I'd say right now is choose three that you feel you're not living by strongly enough. Dedicate a day of the week to each of them 
and then use that reality check to start changing the way you behave. Remember, you don't have to feel good. You just have to do the right thing. I appreciate you guys being with me here today, and uh, I look forward to hearing your stories. You can always email me, dan at brojo.co.nz, to tell me your stories about how living by your values has gone for you, and particularly if you have any questions. And of course, if you really want to maximize this and you want to learn how to live by your values to the fullest, I am sometimes available for one-to-one coaching. Again, email me, dan at brojo.co.nz if you're keen to take it to the next level. So I'll leave you guys until next week. appreciate you spending the time with me, and I hope you have a great week. Cheers. Cheers.